You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello again, and welcome to the podcast. Did you know that there are several fortune reversal stories here in Scripture? In fact, this is a theme that runs throughout Scripture. And everybody loves a good fortune reversal story, uh, especially if there's justice that is served. And... uh, The Count of Monte Cristo comes to mind as an example. But the truth of fortune reversal that we read here in Scripture is actually true. And in Luke chapter 16, we have the rich man and Lazarus. And I want to share that story with you today. It says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear him. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And so this is a thought-provoking role reversal or fortune reversal story. And here in verse 19, it tells us that there was a certain rich man, and he wore garments of purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. And to wear purple clothing in that time, at that time, would have taken great wealth. Uh, The purple dye came from a certain kind of snail um, in the area of Lebanon. And uh, the uh, dye that comes from these snails is known as Tyrian purple or Phoenician red. And apparently it takes hundreds of thousands of these snails uh, to make in a lot of labor um, to get the dye that's needed to dye clothing. And so the text is telling us here that this man was extremely wealthy to be able to afford this costly purple dye. And uh, he also had fine linen. 
he had uh, luxurious underclothing or underwear, and he fared sumptuously every day. He feasted. He enjoyed himself with a sumptuous feast. Uh, he lived, lived really a splendid life. Then in the next verse, it says there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Now, here's Lazarus, and he's a pitiful figure, and he is laying at the gate of this rich man, and he's full of sores. His body is covered in ulcers, and probably the reason he's laying at this gate is because he's crippled, and it would have been common in that time uh, when, when they had uh, disabled people for them to just lay in the street and beg. They had nothing else. Uh, unless their families would support them somehow. Uh, But here he is laying at this rich man's gate, and here the rich man is inside feasting, cares nothing for this poor beggar Lazarus that that, uh, lies outside of his gate. And not only that, but it says that the dogs came and licked at his sores. And uh, so he just was in this poor, uh, miserable condition. And he lay there and and helpless every day, and the rich man did not lift a finger to help him. And by the way, Jesus mentions his name as Lazarus. And there's a little bit of discussion and debate about whether this is a parable, uh, which is just a made-up story to teach a truth, or whether this is a true story, a true account of something that really happened. And if this is just a parable, this would be the only parable where Jesus, that Jesus ever told where he actually assigns a name to the character in the parable. So it's quite possible that this is a true account, and very likely it is uh, because we have a particular man that's being spoken of. It's Lazarus. And so poor Lazarus, here he is, um, laying outside the gate, living miserably. But then in verse 22, something happens. It says, It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died also and was buried. So we don't find out what happens to Lazarus's body, but he's carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom is just a way of saying that this man was in close relationship with Abraham. Wherever Abraham was at that time, this is where Lazarus is. And he can see and he can talk to Abraham and he can enjoy a close relationship with him. However, the rich man, it says, he died and was buried. You know, he received a proper burial being the rich man. However, in hell... He lift up his eyes, being in torments. So here, the rich man, immediately upon death, he finds himself in hell. And by the way, this is Jesus talking about hell. And if anyone is in a position to know about hell, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord knows. And Jesus told us that there is a a place of torment called hell. And so this rich man gets a rude awakening. He's shocked to open his eyes and here find himself in the place of hell. And by the way, hell is a temporary holding cell before the day of judgment. So the day of judgment for wickedness has not come yet, and hell is a holding place for all the wicked awaiting the day of judgment. And here the rich man 
finds himself in the place of hell and in torment. And he sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And so somehow, again, at that time, this is before the resurrection of Christ, uh, apparently paradise and hell were across from each other with a great gulf in between, and a person could not pass from one side to the other. And so the man in hell, he can look over and see into paradise, and, and he sees someone that he recognizes, and the rich man sees Lazarus, and he cries uh, out to Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus over to me that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, he says, for I am tormented in this flame. And here's a startling and dramatic reversal of fortunes. The rich man who fared sumptuously every day and wore costly purple garments finds himself in hell and is begging Lazarus, this poor, miserable wretch of a man that laid outside of his gate for so many years, begging him to now come and help him and give him a little drink of water because he's tormented in the flames of hell. And don't you think that the rich man would be just shocked at how things have changed for him. But Abraham has sad news for him, and he says, Son, remember that you in your lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And so what Abraham is saying is, Justice has been served. The rich man got what was coming to him. He trusted in his riches. He was uncaring of the poverty and the need of those around him. And now he finds himself in the place of torment. He's being punished for his sin. And yet Lazarus, the beggar who had nothing in life, who had rags hanging on him, who had ulcers all over his body and the dogs licking at his ulcers, Here he is in the place of comfort and rest. He's in paradise with Abraham. And uh, we see that wealth in life, in this present life, had nothing to do with the afterlife of the rich man and Lazarus. It was completely outside of the question. And the rich man further asks, he, he wants Lazarus not only to give him water, but he asks Abraham, could you please send someone back to tell my brothers? See, he's thinking about his family that's still on earth and still alive and headed for the same place that he's now finds himself in. And you know, the, the brothers, they had the law, they had the prophets, they had the Old Testament scripture, so did the rich man. And yet they failed to believe it. They failed to acknowledge it. They were around the things of God, but they paid no attention to it, and they turned away in unbelief. And now the rich man is begging Abraham, Abraham, please send someone back to my brothers and tell them and warn them so that they don't come into this horrible place. And Abraham tells him this is an impossibility. There's this great gulf between us and you, he says. And not only that, but uh, though a person goes back, 
comes back from the dead and goes and tells his brothers, Abraham said, yet they will not believe. And the man uh, begs him and he says, no, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they would believe. And Abraham says, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And that just goes to show you that miracles are not enough to convince the hardened heart. No amount of miracles, and and people often say, oh, if I only saw this, or if I saw that, if I saw someone rise from the dead, or if I saw someone do a great miracle, I would believe. The reality is, no, you probably wouldn't. Because if a person doesn't receive the word, the authoritative word from the prophets uh, and from the apostles, they're not going to believe even if they see something right in front of their face. And he said, though someone rise up from the dead, yet you w- they will not believe. And so there are several things that we conclude from this story. Number one, God cares for the poor. Obviously, God cared for Lazarus. And it wasn't just the fact that he was poor. I mean, God did care for his misery, But apparently, Lazarus did believe the law and the prophets. Lazarus was looking forward to the coming of Messiah. And he did believe, and he finds himself in paradise with Moses. But God cares for his misery. He cared for his poor state. And this poor man who had nothing now has everything in paradise And so God cares for the poor. And secondly, we would note that material wealth has zero value in the afterlife. So the man's purple clothing and fine linen, all the lavish feasting that he had available to him was of no use. In fact, he didn't even have access to a drop of water to cool his tormented tongue. And he begged Abraham and Lazarus for that. And so material wealth has zero value. And as I've said the last couple of weeks out of Psalm 49, it tells us that material wealth can do nothing to redeem our souls. And so the danger of being rich and of having wealth is that implicit um, tendency to trust in wealth and to somehow think that that will um, give a person an upper hand in the afterlife. But uh, the point of Jesus' story here is that material wealth has nothing to do with redemption. Uh, And so people who are trusting in their wealth um, have a misplaced hope and trust. And the third thing we might note is that hell is a real place. This is a place that Jesus talked about, and again, Jesus is in a position to know. He wasn't confused, he wasn't mistaken about the place of hell. Hell is a very real place, and it's a permanent place of torture. And so, avoid it at all costs. Don't trust in your wealth. Seek wisdom in Scripture and avoid the place of hell. Jesus told us this to warn us. And then the fourth thing we would note is that those in hell know the reality of hell. 
So the rich man here, he realizes the reality of hell, and he wants to warn his loved ones. And in fact, your loved ones who might be in hell would like to warn you today. And so if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you've never trusted what the prophets, what the apostles say in the word about salvation, if you haven't come to know Christ, if you've never experienced his salvation, then you're headed to that same place of hell. And don't you think that there are some of your lost loved ones in that place who, if it's real, and Jesus says that it is, that they would love to come back and to tell you and warn you, but they cannot. And then the next thing we would note is that, in fact, one person did come back from the dead, and as Jesus said, they did not believe him. And of course, that was Jesus Christ himself, who was crucified, and according to his own word, and according to prophecy, he rose up from the grave the third day. And yet the Jews, by and large, did not believe him. There was a small select group of people who did believe him, and they became the first Christians. And so even though someone did rise up from the dead, and there's so much evidence, even today, 2,000 years later, to virtually prove that Jesus did rise up from the dead, no less than four gospel accounts from that era, which have never been refuted and which were substantiated by eyewitness testimonies. Here we have the account of Jesus rising up from the dead to warn us to flee the wrath to come and to avoid hell at all costs, and yet people do not believe him. And so what Jesus said here in the, par- in the, in the parable or in the story here in verse 31 If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead, has been proven true over and over and over again for 2,000 years. And so my message to you is don't be one of those people. Don't be one who ignores the word and had ample warning and was constantly around the things of God but never really received the truth of God. Trust in Christ for your salvation and avoid hell.